Welcome everyone to podcast episode number 68. I'm your co-host, Matt Turner. I'm one half of Team Blue Gold. My other co-host, my good partner, my good friend, the other partner of Team Blue and Gold. That's right. He's a man on a mission. He's Andy Header. <laughs> Mabel or Moe. Maybe even Oscar. How's it going? Oscar. I'm doing well, sir. I think right off the bat, we got to talk about the late-breaking news that was just broken about an hour ago. The surprise of absolutely no one, <laughs> Spider-Man, is back in the MCU. Yeah, not, not, I, my friend sent a message to you of the group chat. And it said something about uh, it being the final, one final movie together. I'm like, yeah, final. Just like Final Fantasy, and they're currently at, uh, I believe, 15. So, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't look too into the, the final, but, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm glad they agreed to do at least one. What, did they say what, what, what it's going to be? I didn't see the news article yet. I briefed it from what I understand. It's what, it, what the deal they signed is for one movie and for, then for, for him to appear in two other MCU movies, kind of like how he was in Civil War and the last two Avengers movies. Okay. But then a lot of people are saying that's just like a temporary deal. Now, the, now this movie is going to be released in, I believe, July of 2021. So that gives Marvel an extra, you know, a year and a half to two years to be like, Hey, by the way, why don't I other pictures? They they can all. It's almost like I know you don't really follow follow sports. Well, you get it with the with wrestling contract. It's like okay, here's a two year deal, and then once we're on month twenty, where your deal expires in four months, you can resign for another year. Okay, another two yeah. years, another. Yeah, this is just the deal that they signed. I'm assuming that once this movie makes, I'm assuming the Spider Man movie is going to make a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> And then the other movies that he's going to appear in, which I don't know if it's going to be, you know, the Thor movie or team up with him in Hulk or he's going to show up in a Fantastic Four movie. No, they put him in Doctor Strange. You never know, you know. Yeah, that movie will make, you know, six, seven, eight hundred million plus merchandising. I think that they'll be just either they'll be like, all right, you know, we'll do two or three more pictures with you or Disney will be like, all right, give us that Spider-Man property back. Here's a check for $50 billion. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like I said, said Texas, it's like they said to him, hey, do you like money? Then let's do this. I mean, come on. Without without Marvel, I mean, yeah, they'll do it, but they're limited on what they can really do. I mean, especially, you know, with any other heroes, like, like other than Spidey people, they can't use anybody. So wh- why not work with them? But I did see, I don't know how true this was, that they Sony wanted to do a Madam Web movie. I'm like, who who asked for that? <laughs> Did you I did see, that? see that you did post that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that you posted, and I was just like, "What?" I'm like, "Out again." I will, I I paid money to see that fantastic, oh, boy. fantastic four movie. I will pay money to see that. So that's yeah. one that I will immediately skip. There, that's a character I don't even know much about. I mean, ugh, that's I, I don't know. That's like, hey, we want to make a, a movie about WWE, and we're gonna focus solely on Kevin Dunn. And I was like, what? What about Vince McMahon? Yeah. No, no, we don't want that. We don't want Hogan or Roman or Bret Hart. No, it was Kevin Dunn. Like, the, I don't know. The character, that. I remember uh, J. Michael Straczynski touched upon Madam quite a bit. It was actually a pretty interesting character. But, you know, I mean, it is what it yeah, is. For a like, solo movie? Of, like, come on. You know? yeah, they're really grasping for straws. Yeah, they're really going to the bottom of the but, barrel here. But they did announce that before they announced the the team up with Marvel is back on so I mean now they could be like hey, hey we'll let you Spider-Man but can we get like uh, you know can we get a war machine for a movie or something like that you know so yeah but just to give you an idea of how quick and we, we almost talk about this every week on the podcast we kind of figured it was going to go back and some podcasts I listened to some people like no or yeah, maybe yeah. or we knew that uh, probably by the end of the year it was going to be a done deal but I found out, I mean, literally, I mean, I found out right around the same time everybody else did because the way social media works, but I was on vacation. That was about a week before Lily went back to school, so I want to say it was the third week of August, and here we are, we sit here the fifth week of September, so it was about four and a half <laughs> to five weeks that this uh, relationship was, you yeah, know. on the rocks. It's funny, because, yeah, it's funny, in five years from now, we're like, hey, remember when Spider-Man for that four or five weeks was not part of the MCU? Yeah, <laughs> and make funny memes about it. Uh, but, uh, and you know what? Spider-Man: Far From Home comes out Tuesday, so on DVD and Blu-ray. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But I kind of just want to touch base on that. I don't want to spend any more time talking about because it's. Not, I mean, it's, it's exciting. I'm excited for it, but we knew that it was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, come on. Why, why wouldn't it? <laughs> That's like I go to a steakhouse and I order a steak, and guess what? My steak came. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get a uh, meatloaf. You know what? What's yeah. this? But we have a busy week, busy few days uh, coming up. 
As we record this, it is Friday the 27th. Uh, New Japan is in the States, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Tonight they're in Boston. Tomorrow they're in New York City. And then Sunday, the show that we'll be at, they'll be in Philly. Also, this Saturday, we have a show. Me and you will be teaming up, going back to Brackmakers Entertainment. The Mayfield PA at the Falcon's Nest. Nice building. And also, tonight is the Ring of Honor paper. We've got the Florida Sonics. Oh, that's it's right. A pretty loaded card. Matt Taven defends against Roosh. They've been doing a really good job building it up, especially in Ring of Honor on commentary. I did make mention about how the reason why Matt Taven has his head pretty much 80% shaved is he lost a uh, hair versus hair yeah. match versus Roosh and CMLL, which I didn't know. But the match that I'm looking forward to the most Kelly is Klein Matt versus uh, Angelia Love. <laughs> <laughs> That's one where I try to squeeze in my nap because this thing does start at night. <laughs> I think that's the where everyone's got to get something to eat. I mean, oh, talk about a talk about a barn burner there. Whoa, don't miss that one. <laughs> yeah, but no, the match I'm looking forward to the most is the tag team title match between the Briscoes versus uh, the Bola winner. Uh, yeah. Bandito. I don't know if I'm going to spoil anything for you. Bandito and Mark, ha- Mark Haskins of Lifeblood. I have Bandito and Mark Haskins on the one super show that they did that was available on Honor Club. Did wrestle Jonathan. Gresham and Jay Lethal to match that absolutely stole the show. So I'm excited that they're going to see one of the best tag teams in the world. So that match that should home. be good. I hope Rush wins the title too. Yes, I, I think I kind of think he will. Um, I didn't really see. I, I heard those three matches and I was like, well, that's pretty cool. But yeah, I, I hope ROH can pick it back up because now's now's a good time for wrestling. I mean, there's wrestling every day of the week, just about. So it's wrestling. It's like '96 again. It's crazy. But did you see? The cards for uh, all the New Japan shows over the weekend. Yes, I did. It's in like New York City, which makes sense. Saturday is yeah. you know, that's like International Wrestling Day of the week, and New York City is one of the bigger markets in the entire world. It seems like the New York City uh, card is the uh, is the biggest. Yeah, well, that's like going to be live on New Japan World. So oh, that's wow, probably I'll why. That. Yeah, 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 I seen that. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, so I, I would watch it if we weren't at the show. I don't know when I'll get to it. Maybe maybe on my week off after Comic-Con because next week's going to be awful busy. But uh, the main event for tonight is Tanahashi, Ibushi, and Okada versus LIJ, Naito, Evil, and Sonata. So that should be really good. Wow. And then you also get uh, Rock and Roll Express versus Jado and Chase Owens. And then Amazing Red's on all these shows. So this listen to this match. Amazing Red and Ishii versus Bushi and Shingo. That should be good. I mean, there's a lot of loaded matches. It's mainly all tag matches. Oh, and then also tonight is uh, Rules of Destiny defending the tag titles against Sho and Yo. So who knows? You could see a title change there. And then, then they also have all the Young Lions on the shows. But a lot, it's like Ren Narita versus Lance Archer. And Ren Narita, who went on, uh, they officially sent him on an excursion to the LA Dojo. So who knows where he'll be wrestling. And then Shota Umino went to uh, the UK somewhere. Probably, uh, not Progress, but the one that, uh, Rev Pro. And Clark Connors is supposed to go on an excursion as well. And uh, up until about six months ago, when they knew that they were sending these guys on an excursion, they were more than likely going to go to Ring of Honor. Obviously, that's not going to happen. So yeah, yeah not now. Shot themselves in the foot again over that whole Edsel and Cass angle that went absolutely nowhere. Yeah, yeah, they did nothing with. So, Red and Reed, maybe they'll do some PWG. Who knows? Maybe we'll show up at AEW. You never know. And that's then, where they usually go. They usually sometimes go to uh, go to pro wrestling gorilla. Like yeah, um, or maybe MLW too. You know. Yeah, who knows? It's a but I mean, to train train under Shibata, that ain't bad at all. As I crack open no. this over here, uh, and then then uh, this will be live in New Japan World uh, Saturday night. Then you got the Rock and Roll Express teaming up with Tanahashi. They should have a cool name for them, like the Rockers, some type of rock name, not the Rockers versus Bushi, Shingo, Naito, LJ. That should be really good. And Kenta defends against Yoshihashi. And the main event for that is Bushi and Okada versus Evil and Sonata. But then we don't get Okada on Sunday, though. We get a, uh, a huge tag match, elimination style, but no Okada. I don't know if Which he has to go weird. back to Japan. I don't understand or, that. Does he have to fight back for something? Like, is he doing press? Or yeah. Something? Or did they get like, a surprise match? I mean, there's seven matches announced for uh, Sunday, so... Why would they send back just Okada and not everybody else? And of course, I'll go over the main event for uh, for Philly at the ECW Arena. You got the Rock and Roll Express team of Yoshihashi, Ishii, Goto, and Tanahashi. So it's Chaos, Tanahashi, Rock and Roll Express versus all the Bullet Club: Gato, Chase Owens, uh, Tangaloa, Tamatanga, Kenta, and Jay White. So that should be a good main event, elimination style. So just imagine, you ever think you'd see Rock and Roll Express mix up with Kenta? That's gonna be awesome. Yeah. That's exactly what I told you. As soon as they release the card. I was like, I don't know what I'm more excited for. The fact that Tanahashi's teaming with the Rock and Roll Express. You know, you have arguably the greatest tag team of all time. 
teaming with arguably the greatest Japanese wrestler of all time and maybe one of the greatest workers, period, in any country, in any era of all time. Or the fact that Rock and Roll Express, the greatest tag team of all time, with the guys in their 60s, and they could still go. I've seen them wrestle. They, I've seen them have a great match yeah. with the Briscoes for the Ring of Honor tag team. They could still go against Kenton, one of the hardest hitters in all of wrestling. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and now you got Ricky Morton, who's uh, doing movies he never did, Canadian Destroyer, Suicide Dives, Ranas and everything, to the outside. So, like, who knows what we're going to see. I'm excited for it. Yeah, it should be a fun time. Plus, it's ECW Arena. I haven't been there in a while. And yeah, the first it's not a bad seat matches, there. They're, they're all singles matches with all the young Lions. Yeah. Those matches can have the potential to steal the show. Yeah, I got it right here. So, Rock and Roll vs. Clark Connors. Uh, Mikey Nichols, who the forgotten member of Chaos, versus uh, Carl Fredericks. Alex Coughlin versus Lance Archer. Ren Rita versus Amazing Red. That should be pretty good. Excuse me. Show and Yo and Juice Robinson versus uh, L.I.J. of Shingo and Naito. Or Shingo. Yeah, Naito and Sonata. Then you got TJP's on the card. Him and he's teaming up with the Bushi to take on uh, just Bushi and Evil. So should be a, a good show. I'm looking forward to it. And I've never seen New Japan live, and I don't think you have either. So why not? And I've never seen the Rock and Roll Express live. Well, I have. I was on a show with the Ricky Morton, but not the Rock and Roll Express. I have some time to Other than Massacre Garden Show, obviously when I had my tryout for New Japan, they did do a show, which I I got you know invited to. I paid to see it, but. I did watch it live, and it was Rocky Romero worked twice. He worked as Rocky Romero, and he worked as Black Tiger. That's the first time I saw Carl Anderson, and I forget who else was on the show, but that was a show that Shinsuke Nakamura and Josh Barnett were selling concessions. No, they were wow. at the concession stand selling bottles of water and nachos. <laughs> about that. <laughs> Just think about that, yeah. you know? <laughs> oh, boy. That's crazy. But I, one thing I want to talk about here right off the bat, so we have all these great shows coming up, shows that we're on, but I want to talk about a show that you were on. I know we talked about a little bit via text message, but I figured we would save it for the podcast. I want to know about you and PPW, the six-year anniversary, easy for me to say, yeah. anniversary show. Six-year anniversary show, you got it out. Yeah, it was one of show that had a good crowd. Uh, someone told me around 400, I don't know if it's that many people, but maybe. I mean, they did have, so you had Austin Aries, Frank Mirror, Rhino, Madison Rain couldn't make it because of, a, they said, a flight or something, so who knows there. And then Devon was there, signing off, and of course Enzo. And uh, you know, Enzo was there. He did a promo to open the show, and he was talking about Cass, who went through his recent troubles with depression or, or whatever. And now DDP is going to help him out. And uh, Enzo was backstage a little bit, and I got to say, he wasn't an asshole at all. So I, I have nothing bad to say about Enzo. I didn't really talk to him. I said hello, and that's about it. Uh, but he was there, and he was signing autographs. He was real nice. Everyone signed autographs. So it was uh, just everyone, Devon. And uh, Frank Mir, Frank Mir had the UFC title with him because I guess when you win the title in UFC, you get a title just like in WWE to take home and keep. Then he was letting fans out, and he was real nice to all the fans. I said hello to Frank Mir. He's uh, not as tall as I thought, but he's still jacked. And I was like, wow, this guy looks like if he wanted to, he could take out half the roster. And what's funny is he he's, he doesn't feel comfortable to wrestle yet. I'm thinking you could beat up everyone here, but you don't feel comfortable to wrestle. Like, ain't that crazy? What, what a world wrestling is. But he was he was very nice, and he was just. Uh, Austin Aries like uh, bodyguard slash enforcer. He didn't really do anything physical or anything, but he did sign autographs and uh, took pictures with fans. Let him, let him hold the title and everything. So he was, he was really cool. Didn't really talk to Austin Aries. I know he was in the main event. And was, I heard it was a good match, but I didn't get to see any of it. Yeah, we kind of run the same circles. You know, obviously, you know, a lot of uh, fans of ours were at the show. Obviously, you know, support you, and a lot of people were telling me that Enzo was overly nice, like really, really nice. And they said the same thing with uh, with Frank Mir. Yeah, that yeah. Frank Mir was really nice. And you know, obviously Frank Mir. You know, I talked about the show. I, mean, I was a huge MMA fan. He's my all time heavyweight. All, him and Josh Barnett are probably one A one B are my two all time favorite heavyweight fighters. And you just you find I me mean, Frank Mir. He's a two time UFC heavyweight champion. The, I, the, the fight he wanted, he actually broke the guy's arm in an armbar, and the ref called the wow. fight. The guy's like, I never tapped out, and they showed the replay of his arm snapping. <laughs> Didn't he break like, a, holy, two guys' arms? Then he broke Noguera in yeah. Brazil. Wow. Yeah, the first time he fought Noguera was for the interim title because Brock Lesnar had the real title because uh, he beat Randy Couture for it. And then Mir knocked... Now, Mir was known for submissions. Like, he always was okay on his feet, but if he's known as submissions, he wind up knocking Noguera out because he was taking all this, all, all this uh, stand-up boxing, kickboxing, and knocked Noguera out. And, you know, they did the rematch a couple years after they did it in Brazil. Ooh, Noguera is, like, a huge, huge uh, star. And he put him in a Kamor and had it perfect. He wouldn't tap out. Really? Wow. So he had him. He wouldn't tap. He wouldn't tap. So it was just like, so what he did is, he, you know, you're not going to tap out. I got to, you know, I, I got, I'm here to win a fight. So yeah. he wind up uh, pulling it all the way and he popped. And I, I don't know if he tapped oh, up then or the ref called the fight. 
but he said he was so because Nogueira was was a huge uh, you know uh, he was such a huge fan of he was so heartbroken he was crying now his dad always warned him his dad knows next to nothing about MMA the reason why I always I always thought this was really cool because I because my dad used to coach me in all a bunch of sports and I could pick his voice out of a crowd his dad would corner him and his coaches would tell his dad hey tell Frank to do this tell right. Frank to do that because his voice you could hear his voice over all the corner men and the ten or twelve thousand people that are in the arena so. Mir was like crying, he was all upset. He's just like, look, and his dad went to him. He's like, look, he's like, he wouldn't tap out. He had to do, he had to do. And he went over to his, his dressing room and shook his hand and apologized. And he's just like, yeah. Frank, I would do the same thing. You know, if you weren't going to tap out. Yeah. So I'm trying to find the clip. I mean, it is a textbook war. I, re- I remember um, hearing about him breaking the arm, and then my friends were talking about it when we were talking about Frank Mir uh, yesterday. Yeah, it's like uh, how Kushida, Kushida's hoverboard lock is the is double wrist yeah. lock, more whatever you want to call it. It's like exactly how he has it with the with the with the, two, with the leg and the legs in the right position, and the come over. Just imagine like legit like standing up and being 280 pounds or whatever Frank Mir was, or 240, 250, whatever, and then just torquing out and breaking it for real. Ooh. That's what it was. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, Can legit, you imagine? Legit, legit, legit badass. <laughs> yeah, like hey, ring the bell, it's over. <laughs> but yeah, so eventually he is going to wrestle. I think they want to. Austin Aries, like they said, they got for three shows. Spoiler, he won, he won the title, but they said it's three shows, maybe, maybe more. So they want to do like uh, eventually do a mixed tag, well, a uh, tag match with Austin Aries and Frank Mayer versus who knows. Maybe me. Team Blue so, Gold. Yeah. Team Blue Gold. Yeah, yeah that'd be <laughs> awesome. Yeah, how about it? Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But I, I got to wrestle a guy that's been training at uh, Backbreakers, uh, El, El Fermento. No, wait, El, El Phenomeno Tormenta. There, I got it. Got it, which is the Phenomenal Storm. I know he was he was living in Puerto Rico and was wrestling down there and stopped for a bit. And they moved up uh, our way, Scranton area, and uh, Pennsylvania area, whatever. And he's been training with backbreakers, trying to get back into it. And he, he did he did very well. We had we had a pretty good match. We, we were in a tough spot. So they had uh, four matches, then intermission. Then the first match after intermission, a four way tag team ladder match. I was like, what, what? Like why was that the last match and then intermission? So that's a tough spot to anyone to follow. Because, you know, eight guys jumping off ladders, putting people through tables. Like, you know, what, what am I going to come in and yell at people? But uh, we did pretty good. So the match, uh, the crowd liked it. My friend said he thought it was, like, maybe match of the night. I was like, wow, thank you. I mean, didn't do nothing too crazy. Uh, I know uh, Tormenta said he hurt his uh, his ankle before doing something. Because there's a little bit of language by there. He speaks English, but he's not, like, real fluent. And I know a little tiny bit of Spanish. So we were kind of putting a match together. And I was saying what moves I know in Spanish. Like, try to help him out. But uh, he, he, he went, went in the corner and was running in to do, like, the double knees, and his one ankle kind of gave out. He still hit the one knee. And I, I even told him, I was like, just, just tell me ankle, and we'll, we'll, we'll change out course and do whatever. But match was pretty good. And he missed the moonsault off the top, and then I, I rolled in, picked him up for a Kryptonite Crunch, and got him, got the win. So I got the win clean there. I don't think I've ever, in all the matches that I've had, for how long I've been wrestling, I don't think I've ever called a match with somebody that you couldn't put the language where, like, that's so good kudos to you, brother. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that hard. I mean, he can, he can speak English. He doesn't know it, like, you know, he's influent, so he doesn't know everything. But, yeah, it was, I think I, it's first time for me, maybe second time. So it is a little hard, and you kind of got to, like, <laughs> go through the move like like this, you know, and he's like, okay, and then I'd, like, I'd say what I knew in Spanish, like, and they were do- saying for a trading spot, and I was like, you know, one, two, and I was like, oh, uno, dos, and I'm like, here you come, uno, dos, tres, and he's like, ah, and so I was like, it was a little bit easier there, but I mean, it wasn't bad, I thought the match was, was pretty good, I even told him, I said, hey man, that match was, was very good, and everyone seemed to like it, so. It's good, it's okay, I can't, I can't right. complain. Now, speaking of certain things that we don't know how to pronounce, I've been championing the other Japanese promotions on this podcast, mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of all the wrestling, especially in Japan, but I've been champing, as you know, all Japan and pro wrestling, Noah. And there's a little confusion over some of the top guys in Noah and all Japan. I thought Kino and K- Kinto Miyahara were the same person. Oh, no, they're two different guys. They are two, and I remember you were kind of like questioning me about it last week. Nobody's questioning me on social media, which either means that they're confused as well or they're just not paying attention. They're completely two different guys. Now, I know Kinto Kiyomiya. He's their champion. <laughs> yeah. Now I know obviously he's different, but if you take a look at Kino and you take a look at uh, Miyahara, they are living. They have the same offense, like a very strike-heavy offense. And they both like wear Kino black does. and red. <laughs> they went, both wear black and red. Now Miyahara is a little bit taller, and Kino uses the double foot stomp as his finish, and Miyahara uses a stalling straight jacket German suplex uh, as his. Yeah, and, and, and I would say Miyahara is a little more. Like leaner, maybe not by much. Like a little taller and leaner, whereas Kino's a little more wider, 
Not not by much though at all. But I literally had done. I was like for the lot for like a good part of a year. I thought these were the same people because now Kino was actually trained in. Oh jeez, I was doing the research for this so I can have for the podcast and I didn't write it down. He was trained in I think Dragon Gate and Michinoku Pro, and then went over to Noah. Oh, okay. Miyohara has been all, all Japan like for a long time, but but Miyohara spent a lot of time in Noah. But I will say this because I have been watching a lot of Noah and a lot of uh, Miyohara's matches from all Japan this past week you can take these three guys and put them in new japan and they'll they'll, they'll fit in right with the top yeah. of the card like not as good as okada not as good as osprey not as right there with the bushi but, but other than that probably just as good as as the naitos as the tanahashis uh you know as the shingos as the gotos as those guys i mean these three guys are really really good yeah i thought they were gonna have miyahara for the g1 this year but i guess it was so stacked that they they said what uh, you know we're gonna not do it, but maybe maybe next year they did that. Uh, it was some anniversary show or somebody retiring show when it was uh, Miyahara on one side and Tanahashi on the other. They had that match on New Japan World. I forget who. That was the Bob Memorial. Uh, yeah, yeah, that show. That was that was pretty good. And like the little bit of interaction because they kept teasing it. Like and then finally Miyahara got in there Tanahashi. It's like oh, it's the Ace of All Japan versus the Ace of New Japan. It's like man, I want to watch that match. Like just that match. So yeah, he's he's really good. So I, probably you know one day probably come to New Japan. Or even they just bring them in just for the G1 or, or, or a couple, maybe the Tokyo Dome because it's two of the shows, you know? I'd be all for it. Yeah, like they did with Marifuji. Mm-hmm. brought him in a couple times. I mean, that, that, those contracts with New Japan are not iron, like they're not Vince McMahon ironclad. No. So, yeah, who knows? But no, I just wanted to apologize for that, for that confusion and definitely go out of your way to check those three guys out, you know, especially the things that go with Noah. Obviously, uh, Nakajima, who's changed his look up quite a bit. He kind of had a shorter haircut for years and years and years. Now he has almost like a perm haircut. And he okay. has this creepy-looking 80s-style mustache. <laughs> but he's more vicious than... He's very vicious with his kicks. Like I, he's one of the top like strikers in all of wrestling. I mean, I mean he was always like that. And he's good. Segura's still really good. Marafuji's really good. You know, they have Sakuraba over there. They have Fujita over there. So, no stuff is really, really picking up. So, good on them. I just want to touch on a base really quick on the AAA New York City show. Originally, okay. this was supposed to be at Madison Square Garden. I guess they kind of figured, well, New Japan and ROH sold it out. So we could sell it out with Impact. That didn't happen. I guess the yeah. sales were so slow, they had to move it to the Hulu Theater. Still looked pretty packed. Um, I did see it on my direct TV that it was available for purchase. I didn't know how much it was. I didn't, I'm not that big of a fan of Lucha. Uh, just it's just not my you know I just don't think there's just like there's really a lot of psychology about it yeah. to it arm drags guy, dives runners <laughs> yeah there's really they don't build up finishes I mean the guys that are it's just not I'm not bagging on it it's just not my cup of tea the guys that are really really good at it like your Dr. Wagner's your Demons those guys they're you know the guys that are really really good at it are great I got yeah. no problem with that but um, I did find out that they did 60 buys on pay-per-view Ooh. and when I read that I'm like I must have read that around maybe like 60,000 they're like no it was like 63 actual buys and then I found out one of the reasons why it was going to be free on Access TV literally the next night so I was like so I went to my DVR yeah, why would you buy it I went, yeah I went through it and I'm like there it is now Saturday there was no Women's of Wrestling there was no Japan they just had a three hour block of the show so I was like oh I'll watch it it was a pretty good show wasn't anything obviously if you're going to compare you know, Impact AAA at the Hulu Theater versus Ring of Honor New Japan at the Garden. It's it's not. It's a blowaway. Yeah. It's a complete blowaway. I um, I enjoyed it for what it was. Some of the some of the things that just some notable things they did a six man Street Fight Anything Goes match where it was Team Impact versus Team AAA and like one side it was Elgin Sammy Callahan. I forget who the other person was. But I'm like, okay, as long as this doesn't have any tags, it should, because they just said it's anything goes. Yeah. Start out with the impact guys jump up. It's, it's a big brawl, fun brawl. And then they get towards the end where everybody has to tag. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, why are you tagging? And the finish was the one guy, there's one of the guys from the clowns. It's Killer Clown, Funny Clown, and Psycho Clown. One of the clown guys was on top of Elgin, give him 10 punches. And then Callahan distracted the rep so Elgin can low blow him and then Liger bomb him off the top. I'm like, you didn't need to distract the rep. There's no rules. Yeah, so why, why even bother? But the two matches that were really, really good was Taya Valkyrie versus Tessa Blanchard for the, the Women's Championship. That was really, really good. Taya Valkyrie wound up winning. Her and Tessa Blanchard shook hands, and then Tessa Blanchard uh, turned on her at the end and, I guess, returned heel. Mm-hmm. She was heel going into the match. She worked heel, and then they, you know, 
Kai of Valkyrie one with the Road of Valhalla, which is like the uh, double under hook face buster that okay. she uses. I mean, she's really, really good. And then uh, you, they shook hands, and then tested me like she was leaving. She got jumped, and then for me, the match of the night by far was LAX versus the Lucha Brothers. That match was just awesome. Oh, wow. It was just insane. What was really cool about it is the Lucha Brothers came out and they went to the crowd. Like, they went to the crowd, like, high-fiving people. Like, there, was, there, were, there were spots, but it wasn't spots for the sake of spots. Like, everything was built up. The psychology was there. It was a back-and-forth match. Somebody in the crowd had a Mexican flag and they had airbrushed the words Lucha Brothers on it yeah. with a picture of Pentagon and a picture of Phoenix. And they grabbed it from the guy in the crowd and they went to the ring and went to Hard King with it and they took the flag put it on the post now you know what phoenix and luchas uh phoenix and pentagon's finishers right they go for the package pile drive like pentagon does the package pile driver and phoenix is a double stop yeah, oh, yeah. on the way down so when they went to go do that i don't know if this planned or what so they went to go do it for the finish and phoenix just happened to go to the corner where the flag was <laughs> that's cool so he takes the flag and he puts it on him like a cape <laughs> does the double stomp and then the other guy from la i forget what santana ortiz was like getting up so then he does the dive which he usually does like for the finish like pentagon hooks something he'll do a dive take the other guy out so then he does the dive with the flag draped over him to take out the other guy from lax and that was the finish no, that's that's kind of cool <laughs> so those two matches i you know if, if, if the pay-per-view was like 50 bucks and i paid 50 bucks those two matches would have been worth my 50 bucks but the main event which that was weird i mean it, it was again enough they said they made it like a no disqualification anything goes match it was dr wagner jr and blue demon now wagner lost his mask at triple mania i want to say maybe it was the blue demon i could be wrong so he came out obviously with no mask he looks like jeffrey dean morgan when he's playing in the negan character <laughs> on walking dead yeah he looks just like but wagner again it's an obvious legend and so it blew my mind that like he lost his mask but from what i understand that's what these guys do i think it's towards the end of their career they lose their mask this way they can get like another run on it so then you can wrestle three or four years without the mask and people pay to see him yeah without the mask so about halfway through the match you put the mask on which i thought was kind of cool but again this was your main event of this show and new york city that you put on pay-per-view and it was supposed to be like a death match and the finish of the match is blue demon went for high cross body he hit wagner with a high cross body wagner rolled through for the one two three and i was like that's your finish for your main event on this supposed huge show in north you know in, in the states yeah i don't know and then the Impact guys came out and beat up Wagner, and then the AAA guys came up and ran them off. Uh, the commentating team, which was fantastic, was Matt Stryker and uh, Hugo Sminovich, former oh. WWF okay, yeah, yeah. announcer. Yeah. Hmm. So, right. I figured I'd just touch base on it. Like I said, it was a decent show without the two matches, the women's match and the tag out match by far the best. So. Yeah. I'm sure they'd open up with like a six-man lucha match, because that's usually how it always opens. It was... Chris Dickinson and uh, the Mini, that really popular Mini, um, oh. Mascarada Jr. Oh, okay, yeah. Versus, I forget who the other two guys were. Hmm. And it was just weird because like Chris Dickinson's like supposed to be this really big violent guy, like the Dirty Daddy. Like, yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's the guy that went time when, when those, those blood sports shows were coming up. He like calls out Shamrock and Severn, and it was just really weird like watching him like cheer on like this, <laughs> yeah. you know. But, like, yeah, it worked. He did, you know, he did. And good for him. I'm yeah. A fan of Chris Dickinson, so. That's cool. Hey, it was on, it was free, so why not watch it, you know? Yeah. And you had to tell me about Kushin Liger. Yeah, so did you, did you get to see that at all? I sure did, yes. Yeah, I, I seen that, I was like, wow, I didn't know what he was going for, so they, they have the, the tag match, well, just start the tag match, and uh, Liger low blows uh, Suzuki, and then he goes to take off his mask, and he has all his face paint on, and he's kissing Liger, and then I, I found a cool article, and they do it, they did it before... I know he wrestled um, Tai Chi one Muda. time. As yeah, Muda was the first. Like Muda kept after him, and after him, and then uh, Liger transforms into Kishin Liger, which is like his evil demon form, I guess you could say. And back in the day, same thing. He'd take it off, and they had well, when he had hair, and he had all crazy face paint on, kind of like a Kabuki type character. So it's pretty cool. And I don't know if him and Muda had like a, a death match. I looked it up because back then in Japan had them, like when Muda fought Granita, you know, that was awful. Um, so who knows? I was thinking maybe we'll get some type of gimmick match between Kishinlager and Suzuki now. What do you think? Well, I, I kind of liked it. And then let me tell you something. Liger, he's a Liger. For 55, he looks jacked. He looks awesome. Yeah, he looks like he's in great shape. From what I understand from Chris Jericho, listen to Jericho's podcast, he was doing the New Japan thing. Like He would come over for the, the promos and the run-ins and the yada, yada, yada. He said he was asked Liger, he's like, can I interview for my podcast? He's like, sure, no problem. He's like, just show up. 
you know, I'll meet you at this place at such a time. So, like, he waited, like, Mike was, like, an hour late to call Jado or Ghetto. He said, you got to go to the dojo. So he went to the dojo, and he was training in the dojo with all, like, the young guys in wow. his 50s. He said, oh, sorry, Chris, I don't have time. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> he picked me Jericho. That's awesome. I don't have time, Jericho. <laughs> oh, now, man. Obviously, when I saw this, I was like, okay, great. They're going to carry this all the way to Tokyo Dome. Because now they have to. I mean, now they have to, but then they announced it was for King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah. But the picture shows Jushin Liger versus Suzuki. I think that the, this Liger Suzuki match is going to go like eight to ten minutes. It's going to be like a double DQ or something, and then I think they're going to do some sort of like death match on the first night of not death match, like death match or hardcore match, something. Yeah, they got to do some type of gimmicky match, Dome. even if it's just like barbed wire boards or so, something along those lines. Or you know. Or, or anything goes match something like that but I, I was thinking do the, does he is he kishin liger for this match coming up with kicking pro wrestling i don't know i'm kind of thinking yes but i don't know i don't know what they're gonna do it, it's interesting to see but i and then someone said what if jushin liger retires but kishin liger he keeps wrestling <laughs> whatever they want whatever liger wants <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man he's so good he's so good but it's cool that like he's like hey i'm retiring so why not do all my gimmicks on the way out and have a great match with Suzuki, so I'm looking forward to King Pro Wrestling. That's looking really good. And that's the Monday after Comic Con. Oh really? Yes. I know it's on a Monday, which I'm. Uh, are you off work that Monday? I yeah, yeah, I took off. Yeah, yeah. The airport. All right. Well, that works for me because I'll probably take them to the airport. I think five or six in the morning. I'll get I'll get my workout in, and then I'll go home and watch that. Sweet. And I'll be home by myself because Lily obviously gets school and Amber will be at work. So, oh, that, I knew it was on a Monday, but yeah. I don't know what Monday was itself. Yeah, that yeah, that'll be the tenth. So. But I, I, what I thought was funny about this this angle, right? It's supposed to be like a six or eight man tag. So Suzuki comes out, gets jumped by Liger, and then I believe it was Saber and Dookie, Doki Dookie, he yeah. was there, are trying to make the save. And Tanahashi, Rocky Romero, and uh, uh, Taguchi come out for like kind of the save for Liger, but then Liger obviously flips out, becomes Kushin Liger. He chases his, well first he takes the nail, he tries to spike. Suzuki yeah, runs to the table. The, yeah, puts it right through the, the table. Nail, he goes through the table, which I thought was cool. But then he's hitting everybody with chairs. He's even hitting you know his teammates with chairs because he's so wild, right? I thought this was the funny obviously that was the cool part of the angle of the whole thing with Liger and Suzuki. This is much this is just me being a huge, huge fan of Tanahashi. Yeah, he kicks him and people like, like Boo everything else yeah. No, here's the funny thing. So literally Tanahashi does nothing. Right, like he tries to break up the fight, he takes a chair shot to the cop from Liger. So of course, you know, Liger leaves. So obviously they're ta- Kevin Kelly is talking about the angle and you see the other baby faces leaving, Rocky, uh, Taguchi and Tanahashi. Somebody throws they're on the ramp, right? Somebody throws oh, yeah. a Tanahashi towel on the ramp. Tanahashi picks it up and wipes his foot, like how he always does at the end of thirty minute classic matches and I start laughing and I was like I was sitting there telling it because Amber was watching with me because I said, yo, I said, I want to watch this angle. Like, I saw the gifts of it on Twitter. So this was Sunday night. So I just want to see this angle and I want to see the last two matches so we can go to bed. So I was just like, see, only you would point that out. Yeah. Only you. Yeah, like, some girl does, he's walk up the ramp and she throws the towel and Tanahashi stops and picks it up and then wipes it and throws it back. <laughs> wipes and gives a foul. That, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Probably wasn't sweating at all, but hey, maybe the lights rock. Who knows? So... Uh, and then, like, the two or three days later is when they announced that main event for the show were going on Sunday. And she goes, boy, you're going to be like a nine-year-old little girl. You have Tanahashi, the rock and roll yeah. on the same team. Like, I know. I'm not going to control myself. <laughs> the rock and roll aces. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh, oh man. man. Wrestling's great. Yeah. I, yeah, but what what a what a great angle! And now there's so much wrestling, and apparently where that building that he did it in was the first appearance of Kishin Liger. So that's kind of cool. They did that. They were able to do that. And he only appeared. I have it up now. Four, four or five. Yeah, the fourth sighting of him. So he wrestled as Kishin four times, and against I think it was the first two were against Muda, and then against Ta- Taichi, and then now against uh, Suzuki. So should be pretty cool. Well, while we're talking about the. The liar angle. Let's talk about the last, the semi main event, the main event of the show. Did you get to see Goto versus Shingo and Idol versus Jay White? Yeah, I thought Goto versus Shingo was very good. And that was a stiff match. A lot of, a lot of close lines to each other, especially when they kept doing they wouldn't go down. That was very good. And then uh, Jay White versus Naito was very good too. And then, spoiler alert, Jay White wins the Intercontinental Title. Like, I don't know what to do with Naito, but the match was very good. Yeah, I thought that that's what they were going to do because they're really obviously pushing Jay White, and it seemed like at the expense of Naito. So I have no idea what direction they're going with. With Naito for there, but Goto Shingo, a lot of people think that the wrong person went over. I thought Goto should have went over, so this way 
it kind of builds them up for whatever they're doing with him and Kenta, either at the Tokyo Dome or at Power Struggle. Yeah, I, I, could, I kind of agree with that. I mean, I, I wasn't, wasn't upset by that anymore. I'm like, yeah, what, what are they doing with Goto, you know? But, oh well, what can you do? For both of regular matches, so that show was pretty good. It wasn't, you know, a, a must-watch New Japan show, but if you watch those two and then the Jushin Liger angle, it was well worth it. And then also we have the big question. I did not, I did not get a chance to see any of these Young Lions matches, but I heard they're really good with Clark Connors to beat. I believe he beat Ren, Ren Narita in the uh, or no, I'm sorry, Shota Umino in the finals of the Young Lions. Yeah, Ren, Ren Narita took on oh, what's his name, Alex Coughlin. I think it was him. I'm not sure. Some of the matches weren't bad. They're all ready to go. Like send them all on excursion because they're all yeah, ready. Yeah, they bring them back in a year. Yeah. So. And it'll be cool oh. to see what gimmicks they have. Seven in a year when wrestling's super hot. I mean, what a time to come back, you know? Yeah, because wrestling's not hot enough now. Yeah, yeah, hey. Speaking of which, this Wednesday, man, it's going to be... Obviously, it's a big day for a lot of different reasons. It's Lily's birthday. No. Oh. 15th birthday. You know, obviously, Ashley Ryan flying here coming in. Obviously, we have the Wednesday Night Wars start. And I was just thinking about this when I, I watched NXT the first hour. Obviously, it's on USA. And they have... Well, I mean, it's a loaded show next week. We have Adam Cole and Matt Riddle for the heavyweight title. That's me. You're the, undis- the undisputed era of Fish and O'Reilly, re- also known as Red Dragon versus the Street Profits. Street Profits keep getting better and better, but they, they their best matches hands down are with the undisputed era. I yeah. Mean, th- th- that match obviously will be excellent. And then you have Shayna Baszler and Candice LeRae. So it's like in the AEW, you have Jericho and his mystery partners, which I might guess is LAX. That's yeah. just my guess. That's what everyone seems to be saying in LAX. Versus Jericho and the Young Bucks, and you have Nyla Rose and uh, was it Mio? Yeah, Riho. Or Riho, and then you have the Young Bucks. Or not the Young. Uh, then you have the, uh, some of the matches from the first round of the tag tour. Yeah, and there's MJF versus uh, Brandon Cutler. Uh, the, Cody uh, versus Sammy Guevara. Yeah, that's supposed to be the opening match. From what I understand, is literally they're going to open it with that. No promo, no nothing. They're going to open it with that. And you know, I was, li- I was listening to the Wrestling Observer this past week, and Dave Meltzer like four hours of TV, it's just too much, and I'm like. I'm going to disagree with you, sir, because this is going to be four hours of great TV. I don't know how long it's going to take me to get through this. I may not I might not be able to get through these four hours. Especially with the, yeah, especially with our Wednesday shows that are back. Uh, and Amber will be controlling the TV, so I probably won't be able to see any of this until Thursday, Friday. So obviously with everybody coming over, Amber's, Amber's going to lose clout on this Wednesday, so you don't worry about that part. Yeah. So and it's, 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 it's the first one, too. So do her show start uh, Wednesday, though? Is it next Wednesday? They started last Wednesday. Oh, jeez, wow. So. Yeah, it was uh, young. Uh, no, young Sheldon was Thursday. It was Modern Family. It was School and the Goldbergs. Oh, okay. So yeah, those are shows I watch. But they're all actually really funny shows. So you know, it's, 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 I was thinking about this today. I don't know if you if you got a chance to watch the Monday Night War DVD that came out like in the mid two thousand. Yeah. WWF came. Mm-hmm. I forget who narrates it, but the very end. The very last thing they showed that they got whoever's narrating it says, you know, history will say that the WWE won the Monday Night Wars. But in reality, the fans <laughs> yeah, the won fan. the Monday Night Wars. And I'm sitting here thinking, we're going to win the Wednesday Night Wars. There's no way that we're not going D- to. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I mean, jeez. And it's not like crappy wrestling. It's not like AEW was up against Raw, because probably everyone watch AEW. It's NXT, so it's like, oh, I'm going to have good matches on both. So I'm excited. Yeah, the, the other problem with the, the NXT, I didn't watch this week because uh, okay. I checked the next day and only the second hour was on the network. And I was like, what? Because you have to wait a full 24 hours to get the full show until they do the, because uh, that's how they're going to do it once it's on USA for two full hours. And I was like, I'm not going to watch the second hour first and then watch the first hour later. So I was like, I'll just wait till it's all up and I'll watch it. But yeah, after uh, next week, uh, you got to wait till Thursday at 8 p.m. Or seven, whatever. I guess that's eight PM, and then it's on the network, the full episode. Which I'm like, yeah. And I don't know how to watch AEW yet. The next day, I, I know that I seen something. There's AEW Plus on Fight. I, I clicked on it here. I, I didn't really get to read through it yet. I heard it's two ninety nine an episode though. Really? Oh, jeez. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd gladly pay you know ten a month for two ninety nine episode. That that's gonna put six. That's for twelve a month. So depending on how your month is, it might be four uh, Wednesdays there. I don't know. I mean, I understand why they don't have a network because they don't have much content yet, but, jeez, go on Hulu, you know? <laughs> I'm sure they'll figure something out. Now, the reason why I was asking if you watched the NXT show, other than, you know, what you thought of of the the show, is I know they said for the second hour, and I didn't get a chance to watch it, I didn't get a chance to look for it, is uh, 
they did the Imperium versus Kushida and his two mystery partners. Really? I was wondering who the, was wondering who the mystery partners were. I think it's, uh, I, I heard that 3.0, remember them from Chikara? They were 2.0? Oh, really? I think it's them, but I'm not 100% sure. Someone said they wrestled on the show. And now maybe they had a match that they just uh, wrestled on. Yeah, random tag match. But that's cool because they haven't been on TV yet, as far as I know. It's Shane, Shane Thorne and oh, what's her name? I forget. But anyway, 3.0, 2.0, formerly 2.0. Yeah, Jagged. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, were, they were really good. They used to be really good promo guys, too. I mean, I haven't seen them in years and years. But if they're NXT, they must be pretty good. Yeah. Should be interesting things. Interesting things. All right, sir. Let's move on. Uh, from what I understand, I had a big shocker. You told me you actually went down for books. On yeah. Books. Yeah, so I was done work a little bit earlier. And uh, I don't think... Uh, oh, yeah, I had enough time. We, well, me and my friend weren't going to the gym that day, so I had enough time to go down and uh, right after work and get my books. I thought I only got to read two. But still, I got my books on, on, a, on a Wednesday for the first time. It Hold sucks that my shop's up. so far away. You, you missed a gym day? Yeah, yeah. Well, no. Yeah, no. You slacker. Yeah. Well, my friend was doing something, so... But we went the next day, so it's okay. Slacker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, sir. What we read for this past week, do you want me to go first? You want to go first? Yeah, go, go ahead. Okay. Amazing Sp- This is there's a lot of high grades here. A lot of high grades. Amazing Spider-Man, A+. Um, Spider-Man figures out Carnage's endgame. Little play on words right there. And it's to Ooh. kill anyone that has ever wore a symbiote costume before. And Norman is so deep into the character of the Red Goblin, he actually, when he looks at himself in the mirror, he actually thinks he's the original Carnage, like from the 90s. Like they show him in the Red Goblin suit, yeah. and he's looking in the mirror, and he sees the Carnage from that, the That's 90s. cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Avengers, A. Robbie is in hell to race the Dark Celestials, and he finds out that there's a roster of Ghost Riders in hell. Uh, the co- cosmic Ghost Rider builds a gun made of Stark armor to fight the Avengers. Hmm. Captain America, B minus. It's a B minus because it took me four minutes to read this book. Uh, Captain America teams up with Echo and White Tiger. They blow a whole bunch of stuff up. And Sin, I don't know if you remember Sin, was uh, Red Skull's daughter. Okay, yeah. Teams yeah. Up with, yep, re teams up with Crossbones. It looks like they're going to hunt Captain America. So at least I think it was a build up issue because I would love to see Sin and Crossbones fighting Captain America as a new team. Uh, Powers of X, I know we're going to probably review this all at once, but this was just a solid A. The Council of Kokoa starts to uh, take place, and there is a whole bunch of Forge in this issue, oh, so I'm wow. excited about that. Because I don't know if his powers are House X, the last issue, everyone dies, just about. Yeah, everybody dies. Everybody dies. Not Lance Archer came out, everyone dies. Lance Archer. Yeah. <laughs> he's a new mutant. Like they yeah. said they're redoing everything. Yeah, so. well, they, brought, they brought in Lance Archer, that's what he's doing. He signed a contract with Marvel. <laughs> he's going to work with the X-Men. It's amazing what Hickman's done with what did with Avengers, New Avengers, about five, six years ago, when we did with Fantastic Four about five years ago. Literally kind of rewrote everything, and everybody was okay with it, so it's great. And that's what he's doing here. I'm really enjoying these, uh, these X-Books. Yeah, they're, they're Actually, pretty good. The first one, I was like a little bit lost, and then after that, I was like, okay, now I can see where they're going, and it's pretty good. The Moira stuff is still a little confusing, but uh, at least they have give you a little chart. <laughs> like, okay, I see what's going on here. I was going to say, you have to read the charts, brother. Yeah. you got to read the charts. A-minus, uh, Naomi finds out, uh, where we left her last action comics is Naomi from Bendis' other book shows up, so she has powers and she turns to Superman and Batman for help. Superman is actually trying to give her real help, where Batman's like basically cross-examining her, basically saying, are you ever, are you going to turn against us? <laughs> what if, like, so it's like the usual Batman stuff, like how, how, how Batman has like a weapon to beat everyone in the Justice League yeah. himself. So it's kind of like that, my guys. You were so it was a fun, fun issue. Detective Comics A minus. Obviously, the last two or three pages of the last four or five Detective Comics showed us Mister Freeze is trying to unfreeze and save his wife Nora, which is basically that's all what his torment is built on, which I absolutely love. So Mister Freeze has his goons going out there killing people, killing ladies that look like his wife, and he's basically taking the body parts of these people and trying to, make, to rebuild his, his wife from those body parts. Ooh. So. Yeah, a little crazy, but also... Uh, Sounds good, though. It's a really good issue. Written. This was, um, you know, Jim Skinion had his fingerprints all over. He's going to be taking over the main Batman series. Yeah, they announced so. that. And kind of like, they were building up, like, who's going to write Batman? It's like, James Tinian's like, okay. But, like, the way they were building up, I thought they were like, oh, you know, some huge name. Like, I'm not upset, but I'm not really excited either, you know. I think maybe he maybe he's filling in, because I think Tom King is going to, like, 80, 81, and maybe he's going to write to, like, 100. Oh, okay. And then, and then they'll probably, like, you know, revamp it with the new number one with Bendis. So yeah. I think he's only going to write for, like, two or three arcs. 
Yeah, I, I could I could see that definitely. Flash, I know you're reading this, so I'm not going to spoil it too much. Uh, Barry realizes that once the speedster dies, the speed force becomes stronger, which means the Black Flash becomes stronger. Ooh. Wonder Woman, A minus. Uh, is love really dead? Question mark. Dinah mm. is basically healing from her wounds from a fight with Cheetah, and Steve decides he's had enough as he's hit into in the last few issues and leaves Diana to lick her own wounds and walks away. Aww. Five years. Oh, this, this is just absolutely amazing. Uh, a plus. Is this the last um, issue? Because I got it, but I didn't read it yet. Yeah, I don't think so because I left it on a ginormous cliffhanger. I don't then think probably not. This is issue four. four or five? Four, I believe. Okay, yeah, I think I think it's it's set for five or six. Okay, yeah, because it definitely leaves on a, on a big uh, cliffhanger. I mean, this thing could probably go for 12 or 15. Yeah, as long as Terry Moore wants it to, and then, you know, him, he could turn it into whatever his next story is. Uh, Kachu gives the background, she basically narrates the background on the Five Bomb, the Echo series, and basically where it was built, where it got its name from, and her and Tambi go on what might be the last mission as Kachu basically slaps Tammy in the face and says, you better bring, uh, you better bring, our Francine slaps Tammy in the face and you better bring my wife. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That, like, she slapped, like, you know, the big brooding uh, uh, Tammy. Yeah. My book, of the, my book of the week, I know it's coming out until that Wednesday night next you was Harleen. Did you get a chance to read this? Yes, I did. Oh, man, this is great. Yeah, thing, so it's like, all done by uh, Stepan Sejic, the art and the writing, and, man, his art is, is phenomenal. His art is awesome. Yeah, this is, it's only a, it was an $8 book. Yeah, it's magazine size, though. So, I mean, it's the DC Black Label. So, it's big like uh, Batman Damned or Superman. What was it called? Year One? Superman yeah. book? Yeah. Basically, I mean, I talked about how Captain America, it took me all two minutes to read it. Not that sometimes that can be a bad thing, good thing. This took me about tw- over 20 minutes to get through Yeah, it, it's like, kind of long. It's wordy, but it's not overly wordy where you're like looking at the page thinking, oh, I'll never get through this, you know? No, this was excellent. I did, I did message my shop uh, right away to put this on my pull list for the last two issues. So basically just the, I mean, I'm sure you'll, you'll review it. It's basically just the origin of not Harley, but Harleen, like a lot of Harleen. And they basically show her as she uh, comes up the ranks and gets the Arkham shot. I highly, highly recommend it. I know this is going to be out. Here we go, another Harley story. Yeah. Like, you, don't need, you don't get to any Harley. It's all, it's all Harleen. Like, I don't remember anybody tackling that before. Yeah, there's like shots of uh, like because it's like Harley like remembering and not narrating. So you see shots of, of Harley like through the, uh, in her suit and stuff. But mainly, yeah, it's all it's all Harley and Quinzel and how she um, became uh, to work at Arkham and what, what she what she did before and how she has this theory that uh, criminals lose the the ability to feel empathy and that's why they're bad and then how people don't want her to do it and then how she gets held up by the Joker randomly in an alley in the gun but he lets her live and the guy's like stage boss why'd you let her live he's like because her eyes promised that they would dream of me every night or something like that and then Harley's played with nightmares of the Joker over and over and over until she finally goes to uh, Arkham Asylum and then she uh, you know takes care of the patients and obviously shock spoiler she Joker's one of her patients so it, I thought this was a really good book like not only one of the uh not a really good Harley Quinn story, but maybe what's all said, this might be the best Harley Quinn story because like, they never went this far into her backstory, like what she did before, how she got to uh, Arkham and how she became Harley Quinn and stuff. And even like they have uh, some backstory on how her name they called her Harley instead of Harleen, which is pretty cool. So I won't spoil that because that's, that's funny when you read it. But I I really enjoyed this. The art is awesome and the story is really good. And I'm definitely getting book two and three. Now, did you get the main cover with her face where she's holding the mask or the other one where it's like uh, classic car, uh, Alfred Harley? I, I saw with the two covers where I wanted the one with the mask, but my shop didn't have any. It just they like they I think they 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 filled the orders that they had, and then anyone that's getting the two Batman books, it was a staff recommend, and then I think they had ten issues. Okay. And, and they like yeah, I was like, oh, do you have the other cover? Like literally, we just sold the other, you know, whatever ones were left. And wow. I was like, so I got I got the regular one, but yeah, the one with the mask cover is phenomenal. Yeah, because I I didn't get the the variant because my my shop only ordered five of each because I said the the one. The son, I go, hey, Mike, because uh, I had it on my pull list, but he's like, do you have the variant? He's like, no, we actually sold out. He's like, mom kind of underordered. I was like, how about you get five of each? I'm like, oh, boy. I was like, should have got 20. Like, especially now that it's out that's really good and everything. Like, I think that's going to be a hot book. Too bad he wasn't at New York. I'd have him sign it. But, yeah, if you, if you want to buy one book this week, Harleen is, it's awesome. It's $7.99, but it is magazine. It's a little bit bigger size. It's probably... It's at least an issue and a half, maybe two issues. I don't know what the page count is exactly. But it's well worth it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is going to be a great novel, or a great 
uh, once it's all collected. I know I thought Batman Dams collected that was really, really good. Really? Yeah, as a trade, yeah. like it would probably be like hardcover might be like fifty bucks or something, but it'd be awesome. So yeah, I'm definitely getting two and three. I read this as wow, this was really good. And his art, like to have Ste- Stepan Stepan do all the black label arts books because he's so good. Him and uh who did Batman Damned, um uh Lieber Mayo. Yep. Yeah, that was also awesome on art. But did you get a chance to read his uh, Death Vigil, Stepan Stajic? No, no, you know, I bought it what last year at the con or two years ago and I still have it. I never read it and I was gonna take it to the beach and I totally forgot when I was at the beach, I'm like, I forgot death visual and i forgot sunstone they were on my list to read totally forgotten sunstone i read the first trade and i got halfway through the second trade and it was just like it's very adult yeah let's just put it that way it's very adult it's like oh man this is something that after i read i'm gonna have to hide it somewhere but sometimes lily will go up in the comic room just to see you know what well you know she wants to try something new or something different and then i was like yeah, i gotta hide i gotta hide yeah. it for me. So it's like, yeah it goes that goes with the with my witch blade on it wasn't on my hack slap stuff, yeah. so so I think which you know to talk about Lily she I gave her I told you about how I was getting uh, Mark Way's history of the Marvel Universe yeah what those books are it's like two or three pages of like big big Marvel events like for example like the death of the Phoenix like he tells it and I think Javier Rodriguez does the art so he'll tell like the death of the Phoenix like two or three pages and then you get to the back of the book so it's like 22 pages, but it's 4.99. So you get to the dump, the dump 22 pages because it's a whole bunch of like four or five big things yeah. that happen. And then the last four or five pages are here. If you want to read the entire Dark Phoenix saga, read Chris Claremont and John Byrne <laughs> on Kanye X Man, and basically you just I'm like, this is so good for like any new reader. So I was like, I'm just gonna start because I would just breeze through it because nothing that I don't already know. Like maybe a little, obviously a little more in depth because Mark Wade, his knowledge of the Marvel universe is absolutely insane. So I'm like, I'm just going to start giving these to Lily to read. So I gave her the first one. She got halfway through the first one, and she got caught doing something. She said, this is real important. I really, really like it. So I can't recommend those books enough to anybody that wants to revisit the history of the Marvel Universe or somebody that's new, especially with all the movies coming up and there's a lot of you know, newer fans. I mean, those books are, are fantastic. Yeah, it's a pretty cool, like, quick catch up on all everything that happened over the past 60 years or whatever. So. Yeah, 80, 80 years yeah, or so, 80, yeah. Yeah, God. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I didn't, I didn't, I seen the one as because it had like Silver Surfer and Galactus on the cover, and like I think the Pentas Four. I think it's like maybe I'll get it. It's like yeah, I get so much, and I just I, I passed on. Yeah, it's nothing that you would need to get. I just got it because ah, this is Marvel Universe is Mark Wade, and I'll get anything that Mark Wade writes, especially like you know him telling, like I said, he knows so much. And I said, I said this is something that I can give to my nephews that I give to Lily, so I'm just gonna pick this up for her. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, hey, if she enjoys it, that's great. Stuff, stuff. All right, sir. What else? Obviously, you gave a fantastic review of the Harley book. What else did you read that you enjoyed? So I got my one other book that I read because Harley did take a while. I was busy last night to get chance any books. Uh, the book by Image called Pretty Violent. This is with the the cutesy superhero that's really uh, trying to be a superhero. And she's killing everybody and everything. Is that uh, written by Derek Hunter and art by Jason Young? This is issue two. Gamma Ray is having a hard time being a superhero, and she tells her family all about her troubles of being uh, a superhero. And they say, well, why don't you just be a villain like all of us? Because her family, her brothers and sisters, are all supervillains. So it's pretty cool. And they actually, they, they set up like a, a fake, um, well, they attack a school, and they, they're trying to turn the kids into zombies. And they, and they set it all up just to make Gamma Ray look like a hero. And she thinks she kills her brother, but she actually doesn't. So it's pretty cool how they do that. And uh, that's basically they said it all. But it is pretty funny. It is uh, very violent and bloody, just like the name and titles. Because it says pretty violent, and right under it goes, with a lot of swearing. So there's a lot of bad words. But it was a good book. I gave that one A. It's a fun book. And uh, it's only a mini series. I think it's like five or six issues. issues. But it's a lot like um, I Hate Fairyland or that Shirtless Bear Fighter, which is like a wacky comic with tons of goofy action. So I, I really enjoyed that. That was the only two I read that and Harleen. So. That's all I can review for this time because so, that's all so I got was, to. Was Harleen your book of the week? Though? Yeah, the two. Yeah, Harleen is uh, my book of the week by far. All right. So, was there anything we want to talk about? I figured maybe we'll, since we don't have any shows, like big, big shows to review, I figured we can kind of, when we're done talking about everything, we'll kind of just end, end everything on New York Comic Con. They might as well. So, I will go into my segue. Obviously, we usually try to record these on a Friday. We'll be leaving for New York sometime Thursday morning. We do not know when we'll be able to record the next episode. Hopefully, we'll try to get some interviews or some, you know, just some 
with some creators. Uh, you have to, you know, send some messages out. We're just some people in podcasting, some people that have really good podcasts that I that I like, like the Marvelous. That that, that it, those guys are absolutely killing it the last two years with who they've been able to interview. You know, they've gotten uh, uh, the Chips Zdarsky. They've got did they get Chips? I think so. They got well, anyway. They got Mark Ruffalo, mm-hmm. and they got Jim Starlin on to help them review Avengers Endgame and how insane is that? Yeah, so, that's awesome. Anywho, so. Obviously, we have New York coming up. So, with my top five, sir, is what are the top five things you're looking forward to this New York Comic Con? Oh, wow. Uh, well, I'm not meeting anyone, so there's not anyone in particular. So, I can't be like, oh, you know, like like you're meeting Ant-Man, so you can say Paul Rudd. So, I'm not meeting anyone like that. So, I'll just list uh, one would be getting variants. Two is uh, my commission from Scott Blair. The Avalon Commission. I'm excited to see that. He hasn't posted it. If he has, I haven't seen it. So, uh, three would be wearing my costumes for the two days. Four will be getting stuff signed. And then five will just seeing all the other costumes and all the other cool stuff there. I know that's kind of vague, but that's my, my variants, my commission, wearing costumes, seeing costumes, and uh, whatever the other thing I said. I completely forget right now. No, that's good. Yeah. My top five would be obviously in no order would be just all the people I'm going to meet. Uh, I already did the, the pre-book photo, or not photo. I think my I think Ashley has included me in the low-key photo. Oh, so, I, I don't know I, how that works if you can... I think if if you pay for the photo, right? I think you, you can have as many people you want because they figure you're all getting the same photo. It's not like you're getting two separate photos. Yeah, so, exactly. That's what it is. So means. like if they figure, hey, if they, they want five people in that photo, then they can get all five in. But you're not getting five separate photos, you know? Yeah. She, well, you, you 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 can pay for an extra photo. It's ten bucks, and then for five bucks, you can get the the email you the thing, and it can be shared on your your social media. So I did it for I got the two copies for Stanley because I got one signed, one not signed, and then obviously I paid the extra five bucks for the you know you know for the uh, for them to email you the photo. So this way you can share it on your phones there. I'm sharing your social media. So I think she asked. I think she asked me she said, you want to do the photo thing with me, and I was just like I said I'm not paying for a photo. I just want to get the autograph. But anyhow. So I will be meeting Tom Hiddleston. I have uh, I have that I have the autograph thing paid for for that. No, oh, cool. I will be meeting Paul Rudd, Ant Man, aka Brian Fantana from Anchorman. Yeah. So I have that paid for. I just paid for Benedict Wong, who oh. is Wong. From <laughs> How about that? Like, what a, what a good casting. Yeah, Doctor Strange. I was going to prepay, but I'm not sure. The guy that plays Malekith, Chris Elkison, I think is his name. He was ninety dollars. So I was just like, huh. It's like I have my Thor: The Dark World poster. It's like, but. I really want to pay ninety dollars for Malakit, so I'm kind of going to be throwing that around. So I didn't do the prepay. Yeah, for see that. when you're there, you know how you're feeling, you know what, what your money Billy situation Williams is. Williams doesn't have a prepay, but I'll I'll be definitely meeting him, and he'll be there Saturday. And I like to try to wait in line on Saturdays, so this way I'm not. In the yeah, for it's him. funny he doesn't have a prepay. You think he would do pretty well? He has a prepay for photo ops because I think Epic Photo Op gets a cut. Okay. But I think because he's such an old school guy, I think what he does is it's cash only for the autograph and I think what he'll do is like I signed a thousand autographs but I'm only going to say I signed 800 because it's taxed oh okay so I think that's what he'd do but he's 100 or 110 but I'm like yeah that's what he's Landau Calrissian and isn't he going to be in the new one too yes yeah well remember the trailer they show him flying the Lenny Falcon yeah that's awesome I forgot about that yeah so I will so it's going to be I'm going to have Jim Starlin Paul Rudd and Tom Hiddleston signed my Endgame poster. Obviously, and Jim Starlin was in an Endgame. I mean, not only does you know did he create Thanos, but he was a. Uh, if you remember, he was the bald guy when they did Captain America was doing the meetings in the beginning. Oh, okay, yeah. And so was one of the Russo brothers. So I'm gonna have him sign that. I can have, if I go for the uh, the Malekith thing, I will sign Thor: The Dark World, and I'll have Benedict Wong. Oh no, I'm gonna have Benedict Wong sing. No, I'm gonna have him sign Doctor Strange. And then I'm going to have uh, Billy D. Williams, a.k.a. Randall Calrissian, sign uh, Return of the Jedi poster. So that's why, anyway, that's a, a long one. That's number one. Number two is just, you know, seeing all the creators, you know, the artist alley. Uh, number three, just uh, seeing, you know, getting the cosplayers, the, the, the fancy outfits. Um, you know, what what do you think is going to be the most hmm. uh, overused cosplay this year? To me, I think it's, I think, uh, you know, like Deadpool doesn't count. Deadpool's every yeah, year. Deadpool, but you know that has been going down. But I mean, yeah, there's always a million Deadpools, and there's always a ton of Harleys. So I'm trying to think. I think this, Black I think Panther was big. One. I think Fat Thor. Fat Thor, yeah, because it, it, it's an easy one to do as well. Yeah, so, so I think so. That's I think uh, the female side, probably Captain Marvel. I would think. Yeah, you're probably right. But that would be number three. Number four is us. I'll go and do see the Joker movie. Oh yeah, yeah. 
and I, I don't know if that's in 4DX. I know I checked last week, and it Chapter Two is still in 4DX. Okay, so it might it might not. So no big deal. Regard, yeah, regardless. And then number five is I don't want it to sound corny. Just hanging out with you guys. You yeah, know? it's fun. Uh, I mean, I it goes by super fast, which is crazy. You know, you think four days it flies by. Yeah, I mean, I get to hang out with you a couple times a month when we wrestle. A lot of that's just, you know, us putting matches together and us wearing uh, tight spandex. But yeah. this is going to be us running around New York City having a good time and obviously hanging out with uh, with my sister and my brother-in-law. So. Yeah. Who live so several states funny. away, so. Yes, in North Carolina. Flair country. So that's, my, <laughs> that's my top five. Really. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's, that's a good one, yeah. And it's next Thursday, so it's coming real fast. I know we're going to, some of the people I know, uh, Justin's stepdad is going, a couple of my friends are going. Uh, certain days or all four days, so we'll see people every day. So it's gonna be good time. Real with that. So my top five since the Black Label books. I did uh, before. I did what DC uh, characters would you, would you like to see Black Labelized? But what five Marvel characters would you like to see have a Black Label book if they did such a thing? I know they had Max Punisher. a while back, but yeah. you know. Punisher, and it's gotta be written by Garth. Oh, there you go. So Punisher, let's go with Daredevil. Let's go with Ghost Rider. I would see Iron Fist. I'd see Iron Fist, but all that probably get a little more violent. So that's four, and let's go Moon Knight. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. I got, I got a lot of the same here. So I got I picked Punisher too. I think you know that's a shoe one. Daredevil, Ghost Rider, and Wolverine. I mean, come on. And then the final one, I think, if they focus on a certain thing, it'd be really good. Iron Man, and they could focus on single Iron Man and his uh, exploits with all the ladies and everything. Ooh, I think that would be you. a good black label book. Somebody write it. I don't know who, but somebody. Jason Aaron. <laughs> just give it to Jason. Aaron. Yeah, just give everything to Jason Aaron. Write every book. <laughs> yeah, just do it. Just do it. No exciting things, my friend. If you guys see us, you know, on the con floor, come say hello. Come, come take a picture of us. Come put us in a headlock. You know, we'll be there every day. Well, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, by all means, guys, come, come and say hello. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. If you offend us, we will give you the spike brain buster right there (laughs) on the con floor. (laughs) Yeah, it it is concrete. So watch out. Did, uh, did you win anything on the lottery? I did not win a, a single thing. And someone entered us. I don't know if it was Ryan or Ashley in the Neil Tyson Degrassi panel thing. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I took a picture and I sent questions. So what's this? Like, yeah. oh, Ryan wanted you guys to go to that. Like, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, I see it. I, I was like, did you enter us? And I said, I think Ryan. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But, um, yeah, so, so I guess we can go to that. I think it's Friday night. I'm not sure. We'll have to see when we're seeing Joker or whatever. But yeah, I, di- I didn't win anything. I really wanted to win one of the signings, especially the Todd one, Todd McFarlane, or the AEW signing, which is loaded because it's Jericho, Moxley, Brandy, Nyla, Jungle Boy, and somebody else. I forget. I want to say MJF, but I don't think it's MJF. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know. Me and Ashley, me and my sister were talking about this the other day. I wonder if they pulled the autograph thing because I haven't heard anybody that won a single one and last really? year last year between all of us it was uh, Frank Miller it was Brian Michael Bendis it was Todd McFarland it was a whole bunch but I know a whole bunch of people are going and I haven't heard anybody winning any of the autograph things yeah I didn't I didn't even see anything on Facebook so maybe not all the emails are out yet or maybe they just did the panels first and then they're going to do the signings later I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe they didn't get any out. Who knows? But yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear of anyone winning anything other than panels. I didn't hear about the, uh, you know, how you get in to buy the con exclusives thing, like the, yes. they, they did all the toys. I didn't hear anybody say anything about that yet either. So maybe they just didn't get to it yet. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Well, a couple days later, so you have to like keep refreshing. I just refreshed my email. Nothing yet. So you don't hear anything you let me know if I hear anything, I'll let you know, sir. But. That's kind of a short episode. Yeah. Anything else you want to go over there, partner? You want to wrap this baby up? Yeah, I guess we'll just wrap it up. So we got to plug our, our show, Backbreakers, if I have this out in time. We'll even be here tomorrow. Backbreakers Entertainment at Mayfield, PA, at the Falcon's Nest. It's us versus the Stepdads versus the Diamond City War Machine. So three-way tag match should be good. There's a lot of great matches on the show. So it should be a great show. And they do serve alcohol in the side next to it and food. So why not come out and see it? And it doesn't cost much. I don't know exactly what tickets are, but I'm going to say 15 to 20. So... That's what we're doing Friday or Saturday. And then, uh, oh, geez, that's phone rings in the distance. Um, uh, Sunday we'll be at the New Japan show. Yeah, Sunday. Yes, there. Come and say hello to us uh, over at the legendary ECW Arena. Yeah, definitely. That'll be a fun time there. And then uh, if you want to find me on Facebook or Instagram, just search Andy Header, and I will come right up. And then the other podcast I'll do is plug them real quick. Not Cool in High School and Tornado Tech Podcast. Type that into your uh, Facebook, and the page will come right up. And then on... Uh, 
iTunes or stuff, you have to type in interviews with everyday people, and then they all come up. So that's all I got. Guys, if you want to get a hold of me, as always on the social media, on the Instagram and the Twitter, it's Matt underscore Turner OF. Also, it's starting to get a little chilly out, so that means one thing for us weightlifters. It's bulking season. Make sure you guys are taking your all day you may. Make sure you guys are taking your carbs and protein. Uh, make sure you guys are refueling yourself with the best supplements on the planet, 5percentnutrition.com. Type in the code word MTurner after the discount code. You can save yourself some money. And uh, that's it, guys. Any questions, comments? If you guys want to get a hold of us, please let us know. Hopefully, we see you guys on Saturday at Backbreakers. Hopefully, we'll see some of you on Sunday at the ECW New Japan show. And hopefully, we see a whole bunch of you next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Well, partner, I just realized we're going to be hanging out a lot. Yeah. Not Monday and Tuesday. That's it. Not Monday and Tuesday. We're hanging out on Wednesday. Thank you for coming down Wednesday. Yeah, I'm going to come over Wednesday. Hopefully, get there around like uh, 6 or something. So. Going yeah. down Wednesday, early, early Wednesday, so you can have some of Lily's birthday cake and take, take a picture of uh, Amber's snack bag. Yeah, just, uh, just I start eating from the snack bag and eat birthday cake, and that's it. And then I just leave. <laughs> there it is. All right, partner, uh, I'll tag you in. Let's close. We can close out. Actually, why don't you close out episode 68? Episode 68, which I will title Rock and Roll Aces, because I came up with that name for Tanahashi and the Rock and Roll Express. So that's the name of this episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing if you did. If not, why not subscribe? And until next time, we'll see you later.